Welcome to episode 32 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 32, morning glory and on the air with our biggest fan. We'll go one-on-one and best of with hockey standout and show host of Sportsnet 590, Ailish Forfar. Father-son free-for-all has got you nicked with names. We'll go gold, silver, bronze for baseball player nicknames. And we'll head for home on episode 32 with our special segments. All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 32 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy April, everybody. We hope you're doing well. Happy spring. It's Anthony and Ashton here on the broadcast chair. Welcome to episode 32. It's so amazing that you're here for this uh, next edition of Champs and Chums. And it's now my great pleasure, as I always do, that I have my sidekick right beside me here, Ashton. Ashton, welcome to episode 32, my man. How you doing? Well, I'm doing great, and I can't wait to get this episode started. Oh, it's going to be A for April, A for awesome, and uh, so many great things. Yeah, lots of great stuff to catch up on, so we're so glad that you could be with us here. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? It's kind of nice as uh, we venture out... uh, and uh, whether it be to school or, or getting your your uh, your shopping or any kind of entertainment and fun activities, it's kind of nice to uh, we, we've kind of disappeared from from the white stuff on the ground, the snow, and uh, the grass is coming in pretty nicely here at the house, isn't it? Yeah, it's coming in very nice, and um, we started to play outside, and I uh, started uh, to like baseball, and I've also started to. Uh, uh, not started, but um, as you know, we did a um, hockey father-son um, uh, challenge, and um, I'm getting very, very better at um, uh, street hockey. So, uh, I mean, I've been practicing a lot and a lot, and uh, I think I'm, I could beat my dad in a 1v1. Wow, some big words here to start off episode 32, everybody. Uh, you mean business, but you know, as I was talking about, you know, the grass and it's getting green and it's getting warmer, the days seem to be a, a bit longer now as well, too. Is this the year, my man, the milestone 10, where you actually start pushing the lawnmower around for dad or outside? What do you say? Maybe, that might happen. Oh, you're such a great public relations guy, eh? Maybe. Well, I'm going to see if I can uh, get you out there as well, too, to help out and uh, all in a safe way, of course. But yeah, lots of things to catch up on. And uh, wow, what a busy and amazing April it's been already, uh, Ashton. I mean, we've we've done a lot of amazing things together. Uh, father-son fun talk about sports, life, and friendship. Let's get into that stuff. 
Now we we kind of have to start the show off. It's a little bit uh, in in um, little melancholy, right? As we reflect on what was an amazing regular season for one of our favorite teams here in the in the region, the Raptors nine oh five. Ashton, why don't you recap for the fans what happened in the playoffs? Well, um, they beat the Capital City Go Go. Uh, they are real. They're a really good team. They have lots of good players. That was a close game. Yeah, very, very close. And um, then we versed the Delaware Blue Coats, and we lost unfortunately, and the season was over. But yeah. I do have to give credit to the nine oh five. They played their hearts out during the playoffs. Yeah, they sure did. They had a, a tremendous regular season. Uh, in fact, the top-seeded team going into the G League playoffs. And you know, you know, everybody, you know, this is the this is the time for big-time sports playoff stages and in, in a lot of the major sports. And you know, um, what people do in the regular season, what teams do. I mean, it's kind of all put to bed, uh, only to bring in the uh, the new season, the second season. So yeah, great season by the Raptors, nine oh five. Unfortunately, couldn't pull it out against. Uh, Delaware, but let's let's backtrack to that Capital City Go Go game, Ashton. Yeah, because there we were. Lots of intense atmosphere. It was it was almost a sold out crowd. In fact, the crowd was definitely in playoff form, and so was Isaac Bonga, who definitely took the intensity level up so much so that he lost a piece of his uh, his wardrobe while he was playing. I think he, on purpose. But anyhow, you take it away with that great story. Yeah, so um, uh, it was the third, I believe, or f- no fourth. Uh, so one of the guys on the, on the go go nailed the three. Um, very close to the end of the quarter, but um, the Raptors were up and they won as well. But Isaac Bonga got so mad that he threw his headband on the ground, and uh, I saw it. I mean, I picked it up, but it was super, super drenched with sweat. Wow. What, like You talk about not only just game memorabilia, but in-game memorabilia that you... So, so uh, folks, um, Ashton didn't bring it to, the, to our sort of makeshift broadcast studio here, but that that uh, NBA G League bandana worn by the the very very um, uh, talented Isaac Bonga is in your room and and and, and it's uh, it's it's hung up there with a lot of pride, Ashton. Yeah. But you washed it, right? Yeah, I did wash it. All right, good stuff. Well, yeah. Shout out to uh, Patrick Matumbo, uh, the great team nine oh five. We're going to talk a little bit about them um, a little bit later on in the show. Want to thank all the um, the uh, the staff, of course, as well too, in the front office who uh, just do a super job, making it such fun uh, family entertainment, and we we definitely enjoyed a season of that, and look forward to some more this fall as they tip off on the 2022-23 season. So Ashton, that wasn't the only sport. We did a lot of sports, like playing it together. I mean, baseball. We um, let, let's go to the fact that we actually went. And we took in the the uh, a very big game actually. Um, this was the Oakland A's against the Toronto Blue Jays, and it was a very special and important day that we we went on. Ashton, do you do you remember the 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 day that was celebrated through all of Major League Baseball? Uh, was Jackie Robinson Day? That's right, a, an inspirational uh, person, 
an athlete who broke the color barrier uh, in baseball. So some amazing things, amazing words, amazing talent on the field and leadership off. And yeah, I think everybody wore the number 42 uh, that, that day across the major leagues. Yeah, everyone did every single game, not just the Blue Jay game, every single game. It was a great day. We went down Oakland A's versus the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays won 4-1. to one. And um, Convincing form. What a team they got this year, too. Yeah. You know what I was really impressed about? And fans, If uh, I know uh, the, the baseball season will be a long one. It's uh, If you ever get a chance to get out to the Rogers Center, definitely make it a, make it an appointment um, uh, trip for sure because um, they've done some great renovations there, Ashton, in the stadium. Yeah, they've done some great renovations, and um, the stadium looks amazing. Video board, yep. uh, like state-of-the-art, uh, they've they've increased that in terms of scale and size. Uh, I mean, the, their, game, their game operations has always been a lot of fun, but they've got like pyrotechnics going on, and yeah, lots of, lots of fun stuff. Great stuff, man, and uh, yeah, I mean... Um, well, this is kind of a sport and a competition in, in one sense as well, too. Um, we've had the, the pleasure and the privilege of going to some really fine dining spots here in and around the city, the, in, here in Peel and, and the, the greater Toronto area. But we had an out-of-this-world experience um, just on Easter weekend there. What did we do? So we went to a place in uh, North York, just near Toronto, um, which is called Robo Sushi. And um, it's a really cool place. Actually, robots, robots bring you to your table. They, they serve you. They bring you your food. But you order on this kind of iPad, and then you just click on it like one of them. And they just come to you, and they just give you the food. You take it off, you pat it on the head so it'll go away. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, we were there, obviously, to celebrate a, a big occasion. It was uh, my mom, your grandma Anita's uh, uh, birthday. And, uh, geez, that that um, that uh, robot definitely didn't have to uh, uh, clear the vocal cords because they sung a stirring rendition of Happy Birthday. Yeah, it was an amazing, it was amazing, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think maybe by mm, 2050, when they have lots of more, you know, tech stuff, they might be able to sing even more songs. That's right. Maybe like a karaoke competition, us against the robots. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, there's so many things, so many great opportunities. A great place, check it out, Robo Sushi. York Mills and Don Mills, for those that know the um, the uh, Toronto area well. And yeah, I mean, I'm just sort of th uh, recollecting on all the great sports and routines and things. Like, it almost seems like our backyard here in our home is turned into like spring training. Because, you know, you've practiced uh, baseball. You've got some pop in that, uh, that throw there, my man. Yeah, well, uh, I've been practicing as an outfielder and... Uh, also practicing as a pitcher now. Um, yeah. I, I think I've done okay. What do you, what do you think, Dad? Oh, yeah. What did the, what did the, I, uh, the nickname I had for you? Speaking of nicknames, everybody, we're going to get to that in a sec. A little bit of a preview, if a little tease. But uh, I called you Senior Smoke. Yep. Uh, because you were bringing the heat. I mean, I had to actually. Uh, 
uh, lift the hand out of my glove and uh, take a look at it because you were bringing some good heat. Um, it, it's so fun to play catch with you and, and be the catcher. Like you were actually doing, like you were actually, um, it's almost like you had cleats on. You were kind of trying to dig your own spot on the mound there. You well, were taking yeah. it seriously. <laughs> I I kind of have my spot now that is kind of digged and I can see where my shoe prints were. So um, now that's my new pitching mound. Right. Speaking of um, uh, practice and good routines and you talked about hockey and you feel you're getting better in that. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun routines in the morning as we get you ready to, to get a good start to the day uh, uh, at school and, and, and such. And uh We've got, um, well, it's, it's actually got a great hockey tie as well, too. But um, everybody, um, we are big fans, pun intended, of our best of guests that's coming up on the show, Ashton. Why don't you tell the fans who's coming up on episode 32? Sports broadcaster and media personality, Ailish Forfar. Wow, what a, what a guest. You hear her, you see her, you read her, uh, all her great talents. She's so multi-talented. That's Ailish Forfar, host and co-host uh, of the Sportsnet 590, The Fan, The Morning Show. And Ashton, what's, what's great is that we were able to speak with Ailish, and we spend every day uh, waking up to her voice, her and uh, J.D. Bunkus and Blake Murphy. So why don't you tell them how we kind of, she is part of our routine in the morning. Yeah, so uh, my dad gets up just to get me awake um, before I go to school. And um, we listen to uh, the fan morning show. And um, it's a great way to get me up, get me going in the morning. And I find when I listen to the fan, I actually do, do better. Um in school so um because today i was just listening to the fan in the morning as we do every day and um some days uh it can some days can be a little bit rough because math maybe there's this hard subject but sometimes there's some days where i listen to the fan and it gets me super super motivated um, super motivated to, to give your best and that's what Ailish does uh, and she's been just such a great addition to the uh, Sportsnet lineup uh, and of course she has her signature segment which is her A-list so we have an A-lister everybody Ailish Forfar coming up on the show just before of course she uh, entered the uh, the broadcasting world uh, she was a, a sensational hockey standout as well too she played uh, coll- collegiately uh, in the states for an NCAA division uh, Division One um, uh, group, right, in, in Dartmouth College, and um, she starred there. She started Ryerson. She represented Ontario. She represented Canada. She played pro here as well, too, for the Markham Thunder. So a great treat. You don't want to miss it. Ailish Forfar coming up as our best of guests on episode thirty-two. Good stuff, Ashton. Well, we've really talked a lot about many sports. Lots of fun over the course of uh, April and uh, I kind of thought because you know April is the start and, and uh, of the uh, the opening pitch if you will of the baseball season that we thought it was really fun if we can present to you everybody our father-son free-for-all gold silver bronze for baseball player nicknames so you're going to hear some real beauties we think and there's lots to share of course so um Ashton, why don't you um, talk to us about your bronze medal uh, for um, baseball player nicknames? My bronze medal 
is Randy Johnson. Now, what is his nickname, Ashton? His nickname is the Big Unit. He certainly was. What was he, Ashton? Why don't you tell them a little bit about Randy Johnson? I seem to think, was he almost seven feet? Uh, yes, he actually was. He was almost seven feet. Six ten. Six ten. Six feet ten to be exact, everybody. So, um, Randy Johnson was a pitcher, and um, his first MLB debut was September 15th, 1988, for the Montreal Expos. Well, there's a little Canadiana for you. That's a, That comes back in the memory bank for, yes, he made his MLB debut for the Montreal Expos. And on October 4th, 2009, uh, 2009, that was his last MLB appearance for the San Francisco Giants. And his win-loss record, 303-166, earned runs at... Runs at Earned run average, 3.29. Strikeouts, 4,875. Look at that, Ashton. Almost 5,000 strikeouts. He's a four-time consecutive Cy Young winner. I mean, he's had some outstanding um, uh, seasons, Ashton. I mean, look at this. 93 with Seattle was, was some big seasons with Seattle. 19 wins, 18, 20. Um... As you said, he uh, ended his uh, career with Arizona and, uh, sorry, uh, Arizona and San Francisco. But yeah, just a great uh, selection of the big unit, Randy Johnson. Ashton, you want to add some extras here? Yeah, so um, his career highlights and awards, wow. 10-time All-Star, 1990-93 to 1995, 97, 99 to 2002, and 2004. World Series MVP, he won that in 2001. Triple Crown, he won that in 2002. MLB Wins Leader, 2002. Four-time Era Leader, 1995, 1999, 2001, and 2002. Nine-time Strikeout Leader, 1992 to 1995, 1999 to 2002, and 2004. Wow. The big unit has some big-time credentials. That's Randy Johnson, Ashton's bronze medal for baseball player nicknames. Ashton, it's my turn now for baseball player nicknames. And I'm going to not say, hello, Ashton. I'm going to say, bye-bye. Because my bronze medal for baseball player nicknames is Steve, bye-bye, Balboni. That's right. Some of my longtime chums when we uh, were in fantasy baseball together would remember this guy who played for the uh, Kansas City Royals, kind of in that George Brett uh, era, that uh, Brett Saberhagen era as well, too. But um, Steve Bye Bye Balboni was known for his home run hitting prowess. That's for sure. He was a first baseman designated hitter. Did you know, everybody, that Steve Bye Bye Balboni is now 65? years young oh my goodness so he made his mlb debut for the new york yankees his last appearance was in 93 for the texas rangers he played for the yankees the kansas city royals for 98 1984 to 1988 uh, had a short stint with the seattle mariners 
Now, um, let's, he was a World Series champion, everybody. How can we forget with that Kansas City team in 85? We remember that, um, that um, tough series lost by the Jays. I think they were up 3-1, and Jim Sundberg uh, put it over the head of one of the outfielders, if I remember that story correctly as it related to the Jays. But, yeah, Steve Bye-Bye Balboni, 181 home runs, uh, 1985 World Series champion, he uh, he had uh, seasons of 28, 36, 29, 24, and 23 dingers. He, uh, in his last, um, I guess his last full season, Ashton, when he played with the Yankees, he hit 17, he knocked in 34, and probably some part-time, uh, part-time uh, appearances. But that's my bronze medal, everybody. The home run man, Steve Bye-Bye Balboni. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal. My silver medal is Derek Captain Clutch Jeter. Captain Clutch is right. Wow, what a great selection there, Ashton. Uh, why don't you tell the fans, I mean, he's obviously a very famous name uh, in sports, but uh, why don't you tell the fans a little bit more about Derek Jeter? So his MLB debut was May 29th, 1995 for the New York Yankees, and his last MLB appearance was in September 28th, uh, 2014 for the New York Yankees as well. Well, you know what's great, Ashton? He spent his entire 20-year major league career as a Yankee. Yep, and his MLB statistics, batting average, .310. Yeah, he hit 310, yep. Hits... 3,465, home runs 260, runs batted in 1,311. Ashton, let's just highlight a few of these uh, sensational career highlights oh, for the wow. fans. Look at this. And we'll describe it for everybody. Go ahead, Ashton. 14-time All-Star, 5-time World Series Champion, World Series MVP, uh, AL Rookie of the Year, five-time Gold Glove Award, five-time uh, Silver Slugger Award, uh, two-time uh, AL Hank Aaron Award, Rob Roberto Clemente Award. His number retired, of course, as well, too, Ashton, uh, the number the number two by the New York Yankees, and uh, he was a member. I mean, I believe he's, he, he would have had to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's Captain Clutch. Ashton's silver medal for baseball player nicknames, the great Derek Jeter. Okay, everybody, it's now time for Dad's bronze, uh, sorry, uh, my silver medal. And you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're big fans, Ashton, of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes, we are huge fans. Big fans, caught our first game of the season uh, just over the Easter weekend, and uh uh, I'm going to go back into the heyday when I really got into baseball at the old exhibition stadium, because I want to share with you my silver medal for baseball player nicknames, Tom, the Terminator, Henke. That's right, everybody. Now, do you know, Ashton, why they called Tom Henke the Terminator? I do not know. Because he was the stopper. He's kind of a, I guess I would compare him to the uh, Jordan Romano of the of your two your 2022 Blue Jays. He was the guy that came in to close the door and make sure that he secured the save. And so Tom Henke, what a great um, player he was, nicknamed the Terminator. Um, 
he was one of the most dominant and feared closers in, during the, the uh, late 80s and early 90s. Uh, he's now 64 years old, everybody. And uh, he had, uh, let, let's get to it, the, the real number, which is 311 save. He got three over 300 saves in his major league career, which um, uh, he played and appeared with Texas. Of course, that time with the Blue Jays from 1985 to 92. Uh, he closed out his career with the St. Louis Cardinals in 95. But two-time All-Star um, was Tom Henke. He was a World Series champion, of course, those back-to-back wins by the Blue Jays in 92 and 93. And he's the AL all AL saves leader. Uh, he was the AL saves leader in 1987. And Tom the Terminator Henke was inducted at, uh, in Cooperstown at the... Um, Oh, you remember the Canadian uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in 2011? I, it's not Cooperstown, everybody. Let me stand corrected on that. Member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame in 2011. That's Tom the Terminator Henke. Uh, what about that for a little Blue Jay history, Ashton? Well, that's an amazing pick. Yeah, it was. Right down the middle, my friend. Okay, well, now it's time for our gold medalists. Ashton, take it away for your gold medal uh, recipient for baseball player nicknames. My gold medal is Vladimir Placata Guerrero Jr. Placata, you say that like a man who's been to Cuba and or near the Dominican Republic many a times. Yeah, and for those who do not know, Placata means making good contact with the ball when you hit which results in a home run. That's right and boy oh boy is he is he what a player Vladimir Guerrero Jr is. Ashton, why don't you go over some of his superlatives uh, for the fans listening right now? Well, he's a first baseman, third baseman and designated hitter. He his first MLB debut uh, it was April 26, 2019 for the Blue Jays of course. And the MLB statistics, batting average, 0.289, home runs, 77, runs batted in, 224. And um, his career highlights and awards, he was an all-star, all-MLB first team, Tip O'Neill Award, AL Hank Aaron Award, Silver Slugger Award, and MLB Home Run Leader. Well, I mean, to have that, uh, that trophy case of accomplishments at such a young age... I mean, his career hasn't really even got gotten started, but he came with, of course, lots of fanfare, Ashton. You remember when we traveled up the QEW, we headed to Buffalo to watch Vladdy Guerrero play when he was in the minors for the Buffalo Bisons. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember That's that. That's right, him and Bo Bichette. You could see that the, that the plan, right, that uh, Ross Atkins and uh, Mark Shapiro were used to sort of grow and develop and you know, obviously luck out on some great selections and uh, give them all the tools they need to be successful. You could see it taking shape then with what we were seeing uh, at that good old Salem Field. That's a great ballpark, Ashton. Yeah, that's an amazing ballpark. They have lots of fun, especially on Superhero Night. That was well, an amazing you, event. A super, well, I tell you something, fans, at the time of this recording, or by the time you actually listen to this recording, you will see a throwback Thursday with that in mind, because Ashton, this month, 
Did you know that's actually Superheroes Day on a Thursday? Oh, I didn't know that. That's right. So you'll see a special photo, everybody. And we're going to take you back to when father and son were in Buffalo meeting tons of superheroes. But anyhow, I digress. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Ashton's gold medal uh, for baseball player nicknames, Placata. Well, Ashton, you know what? This is a a, a podcast, father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship that I think it would only seem fitting to share with you, my man, and for all the great fans of Champs and Chums, that my gold medal for baseball player nicknames is Vladimir Guerrero Sr., i.e. Vlad the Impaler. That's right, everybody. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s father vladimir guerrero senior is my gold medal for um baseball player nicknames and of course they're going to call him vlad the impaler because boy oh boy could he rip that ball ashton vladimir guerrero senior i mean and did you know actually his his birthday ashton is not too far off your dear old dad's his birthday's february the 9th Oh, wow, that's not far. So he's an Aquarian, but he's uh, he's a little bit younger than I am, I must say. Anyhow, uh, his debut, September the 19th, 96 for the Montreal Expos, his last MLB appearance uh, just about uh, 11 years ago for the Baltimore Orioles. But look at this, Ashton. A batting average over 300. He had 318, everybody, over his career. 2,590 hits, 449 home runs, Ashton. RBIs almost 1,500. What what a what a what a career this this man has had, and you can see that obviously um, his talents, his uh, his great passion for the game, you can see that play out in his son, uh, Vladdy Jr. But uh, Vladdy Sr., nine-time All-Star, Vladdy Sr. AL MVP 2004, eight-time Silver Slugger Award, um, and he's in the um, Angels Hall of Fame, and he's a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. What do you think? Do you think do you think a son will follow in his footsteps and be in the Hall of Fame someday? Yeah, I think um, he w- will have a, an amazing chance of going in the Hall of Fame. That's right. Well, that would be an amazing moment. And this has been an amazing segment. And Ashton, you're going to take us to break. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 32 of the champs and chums podcast and ashton it's now time for a next edition of our best of segment and what a special guest we have for our fans this month hey ashton i got two questions for you my man are you ready for fan-friendly sports banter here on episode 32 sure am ready to mic up some morning glory here on champs and chums of course Well, our very special guest made many a fan roar with her hockey talents before making our 590 mornings on the fan. Her love for sports sprung at an early age, where among them, hockey became her most dearest and dominant. She started at four, outperformed boys and girls through AAA, 
moved up to NCAA Division I with Ivy League's Dartmouth College and continued her student-athlete pass starring for the Ryerson Rams as a player and a coach. Our best of guests realized a dream to play pro hockey in 2018 when she was selected ninth overall in the CWHL entry draft by the Markham Thunder. National and international competition representing Team Ontario and Team Canada also rounded out her decorated hockey career. Our special guest is a multi-talented media maven. You can hear her, see her, and read her great work. She has served as a writer, journalist, on-air host, producer, reporter, and content creator for many high-profile sport experiences with the Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Blue Jays, Sportsnet, TSN, The Score, Yahoo Sports, and Nar City Media. You can now hear her broadcasting over the sports radio airwaves as co-host of the Fan Morning Show on Sportsnet 590. Ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to be joined by a bona fide A-lister, sports broadcaster and media personality, Ailish Forfar. Ailish, welcome to Champs and Chums. Hey guys, what a great intro. Thanks so much. I, I'm sitting here smiling like, wow, I feel like such an honored guest. So thank you so much. Oh, well, we are truly honored to have you on. You uh, you bring smiles to uh, right over the airwaves on the morning show on the Fan 590. So uh, it's so great to have you on the program. And as we mentioned to you off air, we are... We're absolutely big fans of yours and, and the work that you and uh, and J.D. Bunkus and uh, Blake Murphy do on the Fan 590. It, it's part of our morning routine, Ailish, you know? So <laughs> what, a, what a time to have you, too, in the month of April. There's so much big-time sports going on in the calendar, and it's great to have a big-time guest here on the program. Oh, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It's great to hear that we have supporters. You know, it's been a couple months of this new role, so... It's great to know that it's resonating with people and that you're loving the content. So oh, oh, we're absolutely loving it. And uh, I, it seems like it's just sort of meant to be, Ailish, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you, you know, I know your, your hockey, we'll talk about your tremendous hockey career as well, too. But um, back in the day, I'm, 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 I'm much older than you, but back in the day, there used to be the old triple crown line in hockey. The Los Angeles <laughs> Kings had Marcel Dion, Dave Taylor, and Charlie Simmer. Well, tonight, everybody... At the time of this recording, for this wonderful best of segment, we've got the triple A line here. We've got Ailish centering Ashton and Anthony, and what a time it's going to be! So, how about that, Ailish? Oh, that's great! I love that. That's uh, I'm always looking for little things like that in my A list, the numbers, and yeah, wordplay. So that's perfect. The triple A line. I love oh, it. oh, great! Well, let's uh, let's get this uh, best of uh, segment started, uh, Ailish. It's uh dad over here in the left of the broadcast chair and um why don't you take us through your early interests and ambitions to get into those two great spaces which you excelled in uh hockey we know you've had so much success collegiately provincially nationally and then turning pro and then that second window to the world that uh, you're you're starring in right now in sports broadcasting yeah so you know i've always been really fortunate to grow up in a sports loving household and i think that I owe a lot of that professional um, credit and also athletic credit to my parents and my brother. So I grew up in a small town in Sutton, Ontario. If you know where that is, it's just by Lake Simcoe. So small town, grew up with like playing every sport and 
Um, you know, uh, Ashton, you were saying earlier that that's kind of like you as well. And, and that's really special growing up and playing as many sports as you can. I was certainly one of those people. Um, and yeah, I just like always love the, the ability to be competitive. I still carry that in my life. And that also helped with my sports broadcasting career because it's a little bit of a competitive atmosphere to be in. Um, so I grew up playing hockey uh, when I got to the age where I had to choose. That was difficult, um, but I was a little better at that. So kept playing hockey throughout um, growing up and then was able to get a scholarship to a private school here in Toronto where I am now. And, and that really helped escalate my education dreams and got a chance to go to my dream school. And you mentioned that off the top, Dartmouth College, like that's a, a place that I you know, aspired to be academically and athletically and was able to play there. And then everything kind of fell into place with my passions as an athlete to want to continue that into my professional career. And I think that's one of the most special things about what I do now is that I, I kind of get to be a fan and a professional and feel the passion of, of being an athlete in everything I do. So it's really special to have those meshings of the two worlds, as you mentioned, uh, to be able to do what you love uh, for a career that's really special. So I feel really privileged to have grown up in a, a family as well that really supported my athletic dreams because at times you're a woman in sports, it's hard to know what's next for you. So I owe a lot of credit to my parents for just being patient and supporting me. Well, that's a, it's just so well struck in your, your answer, but how everything just sort of pulled together and threaded together mm -hmm. for you. And uh, yeah, shout out to Sutton, Ontario. I think our, uh, <laughs> our listenership in Sutton, Ontario is going to uh, go through the roof now. Thanks <laughs> to having so. on the show. So good stuff. Um, Ailish, let's talk now about, uh, we talk a lot about it on Champs and Chums about mentorship. And I know over your career, um, you know, you obviously have had an opportunity to mentor some of the, the younger players coming through the system. And now in your role, um, you know, professionally with the fan, I, I know you, you give some time to speak with uh, young students coming up the system there. You're an assistant coach at, at Ryerson. But let's dial it back and talk about your mentors. So um, who were some of the greatest career mentors for you? And um, how did they help you build success as an athlete and, and, uh, and a broadcaster? Yeah, I think it's it's a good question because it really ties into me as an athlete. And I I feel like the only real mentors that I can think of are coaches. And I think coaches can be more than just performance coaches. Like, this is the stick handling you do, and this is how you work on your acceleration. But they can also give you life lessons and life skills. And so I was fortunate to have one coach throughout my uh, grade nine to grade 12 years, his name's Ken Dufton. Um, and he was my coach for the Toronto Arrows and Bishop Strawn School, where I was at private school. And he was just an all around incredible person to learn from. He had been in the hockey game for <laughs> quite a while. And uh, he would never admit that he'd been around the game for 20, 30 years. And he'd coached some incredible players. Um, not only was he just a great skills coach and a, and a coach coach, but just the tangible things that you could take as an athlete um, into your personal life, whether that be goal setting, um, whether that be having determination to do things, having pride in what you do and having passion. He was really great for that. And fortunately, when I came back from Dartmouth and started my career at Ryerson, he was also a coach there. So I got to be reunited you know, four or five years down the road um, as a woman now and having more experience in my life as an athlete, 
and looking for that professional step. And he was once again, a great mentor, somebody that I could learn from, you know, a little bit later in my life. And so he's been certainly the first person I think of um, that was able to be a part of my life in many different areas. And um, I know I mentioned my parents, especially they, they've been wonderful people. Uh, we might probably talk about them a little later on, but uh, I had another great coach, uh, my Dartmouth college coach. Uh, he, he was a, a fun, uh, a fun guy. I'll say he was a military man. He went to West Point, he served in the U S army and he was at first glance, uh, a bit of a scary guy, <laughs> hmm. but he had this uh, wonderful soft side to him. Um, and he, he was just so good about structure and how to be successful in your life while also, you know, caring about the little things and not prioritizing, you know, athletic success over academic success. And he was a little bit rougher around the edges. You know, he wasn't the, the same kind of coach that I had had many different times, but what he did teach was like the determination and the self appreciation for the game that we play and what it means to be an athlete, what it means to be a role model. Um, so his name was Mark Kudak. And so I was really fortunate to have back-to-back -back coaches that just kind of took from every ed edge of the spectrum to make you a well-rounded person, not just specifically a well-rounded hockey player. And I think that that is one of the biggest things that I try to do now when you mentioned mentoring is it's so great to go out there and teach young boys and girls, you know, skills like, okay, here, let's work on your slap shot. But when they leave the ice, you really want to have something that you've imparted some wisdom or something about more than just skills, because I've been fortunate enough to have hockey shape me as a human. And I think it's really important to, to keep that perspective in mind. So I think those two guys, those two coaches I've had really helped me develop um, as an athlete and as a person. Oh, that's amazing. And you're, you're so right. I mean, um, sports has such an amazing way to bring people together, teach you great mm -hmm. uh, life lessons, uh, whether it be on the court, on the ice, off the court and such. And I think the greatest friendships that you, you, you kind of um, forge, I mean, they become almost lifelong, you know, being part of a mm -hmm. team at whatever level you play. So that's some tremendous insights from you. Um, Ailish, I'd now like to turn the uh, interview segment over to my chum, Ashton, who's got some burning <laughs> questions for our best of guest, uh, Ailish Forfar. Ailish, you've had outstanding success in your professional career. Can you share <laughs> with the fans some of your personal career highlights? For sure. You know, you're right. I have had some really great moments, and sometimes it's nice to come on a podcast like this where you get to think about what you've done and what you've accomplished. So I, I really appreciate you guys giving me that platform because sometimes in your busy day, you don't always get a chance to, to reflect. So for me in my professional career um, kind of started right when I was finishing university. And I feel like a lot of people can attest to that. You don't get much time as an athlete to do both. So as soon as I had graduated from Dartmouth, I started my second university degree at Ryerson in that sport media program. And that's just such a great networking opportunity to meet people and to get yourself a foot in the door here in Toronto, which is obviously a media hub. So when I look at some of the things that I'm proud of, I would say like my biggest, you know, okay, I might've made it moment was I won this international competition to be one of three people to go to the Paralympic Winter Games in Pyeongchang, South Korea. And it was a global competition with Samsung. And I remember seeing it come across my email 
hey, apply for this thing if you want. You can be a, a reporter at the Paralympic Games. And I was like, that's really cool, but I don't think I'm ever going to make it. Like, there's millions of people applying to this. And But I just pushed myself and said, well, that'd be a really cool opportunity. So I applied, and I had to send in a couple of videos, and I had to keep, you know, following up with more stuff that they wanted. And in the end, it was down to me and a couple other candidates, and I was selected. And I remember thinking, well, this is a really great opportunity to go to push myself outside my comfort zone to be alone in a foreign country um, as a university student, take two weeks off of school to go do this. And it was one of the most incredible opportunities I've ever had. And I think right then being there, this was in 2018, thinking, wow, I, I could certainly see myself really following this career path. Um, I had a little bit of a moment of appreciation for what goes into being behind the scenes. And that was, you know, just when I was kind of the end of my own career. So it was uh, the meshing of two things, the end of maybe me playing and maybe me becoming a reporter. So that was a great opportunity, uh, just overjoyed to be able to have that. Definitely think that that gave me the extra boost that I needed, a bit of confidence in myself that I could be selected for something. I could do a really great job. I could enjoy it as well. And uh, it kind of just gave me that momentum to keep chasing my career goals. So that was the biggest, you know, starting point for me. And I still think it's one of my favorite accomplishments I've had so far. Ailish, what were some mm -hmm. of the greatest lessons and words of advice your parents, Gregory and Sophie, have shared with you? Oh, they're so sweet. It's, it's really nice to talk about my parents. They just are really sweet people. Um, they were both teachers. So I remember growing up. They taught at the high school just down the road and I went to Sutton Public and they taught at Sutton High and after school I would always go to my parents you know wait for them to drive me home and I spent a lot of time with them there and a lot of time with them in the car as you can imagine driving to and from practice and games and uh, you know just they were just very selfless people they would do anything for their kids they would sacrifice their time their energy their money to help my brother and I be successful and they never ever budged from the idea that we were going to be successful and they would do whatever they were able to, to help us. And what they would say is to just work hard and to be a good person. And I know it's a really simple statement, work hard and be a good person. But I think you can really apply that to all facets of your life, whether you're in school, whether you're looking to be an athlete or, or take, a, take a chance on yourself in any career path. If you're just a hardworking person that treats other people well and with respect, I think that can do a lot for you. So my parents were, were just like that in everything that they did, um, and they really helped me kind of give that confidence to myself. And they also really pushed that integrity as something really special, and, and sometimes you can appreciate that from somebody that does the right things and works really hard, even when they're not getting the credit and the appreciation or the acknowledgement that they want. And I think in this business that I'm in, sometimes you have to work really, really hard um, and people don't see it for a while. And if you just keep believing yourself and creating good habits, you'll get far. So my parents were really good at, at giving my brother and I that type of advice. And I mean, they gave me a lot of hockey advice too, which was uh, sometimes not always the most enjoyable. But <laughs> Those car rides home? Kind of thing. Sometimes we had some <laughs> tough car rides home, I'll say. But it made me a stronger person. But, you know, all, all in all, their main goal was work hard, be a good person, and have fun with everything you do. And if you're not enjoying something, 
take a pivot and try something different because, you know, you're never too young or too old to, to push yourself and follow your dreams. And it sounds a bit cliche, but it's worked for me. And, and I definitely respect and idolize my parents for them just being selfless people and helping my brother and I get to where we are. Well, that sounds great, and uh, they sound like great coaches. So shout out to uh, Gregory and Sophie, who may, may very well be listening to episode 32. I hope so. I'll send it to them. They're not very tech savvy, but I'll make sure they figure out how to listen. Oh, that's good. Well, well, you know what? I was actually just in preparing for this great chat with you, too. I, I, I During the pandemic, it's been obviously a difficult time for a lot of people, but I did come into um, a great, um, experience and an adventure that you did with your, your, your mom, you, you, you put together a, a mask, uh, uh, company and, yes, and yeah, it was did. very punny because it was, is it sort of caught cotton deep pa- pa- pandemic? A pandemic. So caught like, caught in a pandemic. pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that cool. Was so, that was funny. So my mom is like an expert seamstress. She's very crafty. She'd always make our Halloween costumes and she decorates the house and she's just multifaceted. But we were, um, the story behind this, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but um, her sister, Marianne, had passed just at the beginning of the pandemic and she had left all of this fabric behind just bags and bags of fabric and so we're sitting there like what are we going to do with all this fabric and if you remember the beginning of the pandemic mask shortage was just the main thing that people were struggling with you couldn't get masks and so we were like well why don't we make some you know it's not that hard she taught me real quick on the sewing machine and we started pumping out masks um and we were like, well, with every one we make, we should donate one because there's a lot of people around that can't get masks. We can go to the post office and leave a box. We can go to grocery stores. And this is obviously at the very beginning of the pandemic when K95 masks didn't exist. And nobody knew what was going on. So we started making these masks. Um, and a year later, we had made over 7,000 masks, the two of us, just her and I in this uh, in our house. And, you know, I wasn't working really at the time because people were struggling to get jobs, but it, it kept us really close as a family. There was some late nights trying to make it to the mailbox and time to ship stuff out. But we made thousands of masks and donated thousands of masks. And uh, it was really a strange part of our lives, but we had each other. And, you know, there's that hard work that she had taught me. So, yes, caught in a pandemic no longer exists. So I don't yeah. have the time for it. But a very special part of my uh, my pandemic with my mom and my dad. So yeah, I'm glad that you stumbled upon that. Oh well, what a great story and what a great cause in in, in that memory. And uh, yeah, that's that's so much talent in your family, Ailish. Right, <laughs> so you. much talent. You're listening to episode 32 of the Champs and Chums podcast. This is our best of segment. We're here with sports broadcaster and media personality Ailish Forfar. And Ailish, um, I wanted to put a punctuation on this because it's very important to talk about the rise of women in sports and we're not talking mm-hmm. about on and off the field uh, the court the ice uh, of course we want to talk about that but um you know even in broadcast the the field that you've chosen as well too um you know you join um uh, just an amazing collection of, of best of guests we've had uh, hall of famer angela james on the show anastasia busis a cbc um who former speed skater uh, Lindsay Eastwood, who stars for the Toronto Six, uh, Kyla mm-hmm. Sanchez, two-time Olympic medalist, Lisa Bowes, a, a broadcaster uh, formerly with TSN, and, and this is just amazing examples. Alexandra Wozniak as well, too, uh, a great tennis player who reached a 20 in the mm-hmm. world. Um, all of these women, and now you, have, have made it a, a important 
to um, promote and and perform and do all the amazing things you're doing in, in your in your chosen field. So wanted to ask you a question of it because we've seen evidence of this most recently too. There's just this growing wave of the impact that women are making in sports. I think it was just last week. I think it was the the first uh, Major League Baseball um, coach for the coach for the Giants, mm-hmm. Alyssa Nakin, and there was some great news with the PWHPA in terms of really building towards that living wage for um, for hockey players that are playing in in, in the league next season. Wanted to get your um, thoughts on how we can keep building this momentum and uh, just all that outstanding contributions that you've been part of. Yeah, I mean, it's such an exciting time. And you list off all those people that have been on the show and they're, they're you know, inspirations to myself. So it's, it's an honor to be within that same category as them. But you're right. Right now, it really feels like a special time um, to be a woman in sport, playing sport, covering sport. Um, it certainly feels like a privilege every time I get a chance to. And and maybe it's something to do with the back-to-back Olympics, because I think that that's a really great time that we celebrate women and we see their accomplishments at the world stage and we can compare them across the entire continent in the world and see what incredible things that females are doing. And I think that there's also that urgency to have that continue. And I think that I take that personally in my role to try to amplify women's stories, women's voices, because it shouldn't just be a once every four year thing, or it shouldn't just be when there's a new accolade um, that checks checks a list for some sort of company. But I think if you're looking at what we can do to keep building on this, I think big companies, big corporations, broadcasters, teams, don't just hire women because you feel like you need to, but hire them because they're talented. They bring a unique perspective. They're obviously incredibly hardworking because to get to where they are, the path is much harder. So you have the the quality of work, the dedication, the drive that might rival men. I'll say it, you know, we, we have to go through a lot of things to get to our level of success. So there's so much value in hiring someone with a different perspective and a diverse voice. Um, and then when you are in that role, like myself, it's continuing to amplify the stories of women and women in sports media, um, because I grew up without a lot of those role models. And I'd have to wait every four years to see the Canadian women's hockey team on TV. And once in a while, you'd see a female broadcaster, but it was extremely rare. So now when I talk to younger audiences or, or people wanting to get into the business, if they can see someone doing that and succeeding and using their platform to bring in that next generation, then they can certainly dream that that can be them. So I feel like there's a lot of responsibility as well with my position. Um, and I take that really seriously because I don't want to be the the first and the last to do something. If I'm the first person to, to do something, to host this four hour show, et cetera, then I don't want to be the last woman that does that. So I take that personally. And I, I really do think that there's some momentum right now and it's everybody's responsibility to, to make sure that doesn't die off. Well, that's great words. Thank you. Alish, <laughs> who are some of mm-hmm. your favorite athletes of all time and why? Oh, this one's perfect uh, because I think Billie Jean King has got to be mm-hmm. the number one fan of uh, the person that I've grown up being inspired by. And I actually think it's been, a little bit more recently that I've actually been able to appreciate everything she's done. And so I was involved with the PWHPA and they've 
you know, brought Billie Jean King on as a mentor. And I actually got, which is probably a career accolade I should have mentioned earlier, Ashton was, I got to interview Billie Jean King. And that was for like the, I had chills. Like I'm sitting here thinking about it. It was one of the most incredible experiences I've had because she's fought for what she's believed in for women her entire life. She's, she's proven that success. And now she hasn't just retired and moved on. She continues to do that um, for women in sport right now. So she was not only one of the greatest tennis players of all time, but she's just continued to be a champion of the sport for women. So, you know, when I look at people that change the world and change what's next for women and what they're currently going through in terms of the world sport, she is the icon for that. Um, and, and I'm, you know, lucky enough to grow up in a generation where we can still see her impact happening. And I don't think that that's something that ends. I think it continues to build momentum. So Billie Jean King, for sure. And my number one uh, favorite athlete of all time. And if I had to pick another, I'll, I'll give you one more. Um, Sidney Crosby, you know, growing up being a hockey player, it's been really hard to not be a huge fan of, of some of his life. So Penguins um, representing Canada, you know, that's a really special thing. I had that opportunity once and, you know, he plays with so much pride. He plays with so much um, passion. And that is something as a player I've always tried to embody. Um, and he's been a great leader. And that's something for sure was a goal of mine to be a captain, to be a leader in everything I do. And he's just incredibly humble. Um, he's well regarded for being a great person in the community. And he's a great hockey player. So I think that those are kind of the big pillars you want as an athlete and you see that responsibility to, to leave the game in a better place so I can't think of a better duo than Billie Jean King and Cindy Crosby uh, to grow up being lucky enough to have as your idols oh yeah I mean those are those that's heady stuff and uh, both so accomplished I, I I the word as I'm listening to you speak uh Ailish is a trailblazers when I think of mm -hmm. uh, both of them and uh so that's great Alish, April is an A-list month for sports. What I like it. You like you like that pun? I like that. We're Good a father-son duo with lots of puns, Alish. So, uh, <laughs> so sorry, keep, go ahead. sorry, Ashton, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, Alish, what are some of your fearless predictions and teams we should watch during right now, which is the NBA playoffs, and coming up soon, right around the corner, is the NHL playoffs. Ooh, okay. You know, I'm going to have to say it. I'm going to believe in it. But those Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, they're on the path to greatness this year. I believe in it. I'm going to stick with it. They've been having, you know, the record-breaking years. Every time they play over the last couple of weeks, it's been this person's got a new goal-scoring record. The team hits their new ever best wins, best points. You know, Austin Matthews, hopefully a heart candidate. It's just, it feels like it's time. As a Leafs fan, it suffered a long time here. Um, it really just does feel like things are different. So my fearless prediction, Ashton, is that they are going to make it to the conference finals as a minimum. All right? I'm not going to say the Stanley Cup champions. I don't want to jinx it. But I really think if they can get over that first um, series win, the sky's the limit and that's just going to be that first that first round is going to be intense so Charlie beliefs obviously got to go with that and if I pick an NBA team you know I definitely feel like NBA has been on the back burner for me as a fan growing up it's hard to pick be as passionate about both but with my new job actually I've been able to really hone into being a, 
a well-rounded broadcaster. I like the Raptors, obviously, but I think that they're going to be a little bit heavily matched here. So I really love the Phoenix Suns. I feel like they don't get a lot of media coverage over here on the East Coast until it's the playoffs, um, but they've been really strong contender all year. They're looking great so far in this postseason. I know this doesn't come out today, so hopefully by the time it comes out, they're not out of the playoffs. That's but right. Yeah. The other thing about them that I care about is they have great jerseys, and I think that's very important. <laughs> that That's for sure. That's for sure. Yes, and we should tell everybody at the time of this recording, and Ailish has been so good enough to give her time, her valuable time. And uh, at the time of this recording, it's Raptors game night here. So yeah, when we drop this episode uh, uh, next weekend, uh, we'll- Hopefully and, they're still and, playing. That's right. We, we certainly <laughs> hope so, but uh, good stuff. And yeah, father and son, when we heard you say the Toronto Maple Leafs, we were doing some fist bumps under the broadcast oh, table here. Good. Ashton, you wanted to say something? Well, uh, I feel like those predictions are amazing, and uh, let's go Leafs. Go Leafs, I go. love it, Ashton. Yes. <laughs> we need all the people on board giving good vibes, right? We, we sure do. We sure do. Well, I know you've got a busy schedule. We've got uh, a few more questions for you. Thank oh, you for no giving problem. your time. Um, you know, you can put a punctuation on this given your, your illustrious career as a, as a, a, a high-performance student athlete um, who scholastically did big things. But we talk a lot about it on Champs and Chums on the importance for young people to really uh, think of and prioritize education. So I'm wondering if you can speak to those listeners who either it's parents or, or, or young athletes themselves on the importance and value of education. Yeah, you mean, it's tough to put it into words because I think of my entire life, my career, my my athletic achievements, and all of that was really made possible with the schools I went to and pushing myself academically. You know, as I said earlier, my parents were both teachers, so I think I also had that little bit of uh, extra push from them because they understood the importance of, of being well-rounded, and I think that school really gives you that opportunity um, I also went to some really great um, institutions, which helps me a lot when I think back on uh, my educational background. But if you're going to a state school, a college, um, an Ivy League school, a community courses, it's all the same in terms of learning to set goals and to push yourself. And I think you do so much of your own learning about yourself when you're able to go to schools and, and have those interactions with people and to learn from other people. And I'm still doing that now when I've graduated. You know, I think it set a really good precedent for the type of people I want to be around and the friends I made. Um, and and, in terms of the other things you can do, like playing sports, I was lucky enough to play that as an athlete, as a, you know, represent your school. Like that's such a really great achievement and you don't have to be on the varsity team. You know, you can be on a club team as well. You can play recreational, but you just meet a, a lot of incredible people. Um, but yeah, educationally, I have definitely always thought there's value in, in studying and learning and continuing to, to grow. I went to two different universities. I have two different university degrees. Um, they're both extremely different experiences. One was a real small school, 4,000 people, you know, old, 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 250-year-old school. And one was downtown Toronto, thousands of people, bustling city, you know, new media program, um, very up and coming. And I think that I learned so much in those two different experiences. And honestly, without going to those institutions, I wouldn't have the same friend base. I wouldn't have the people that have helped mentor me. So I can't say enough about 
putting education first and prioritizing that at times. Um, and I, I definitely have so much love for being a student athlete as well. If you have that ability, um, it's really special to put on that jersey that represents your school and and. I think that was one of the most special things that I've been able to achieve. Some wise words. Thank you so much. Alish, can you share with the fans on what a day in the life for a sports radio morning show host <laughs> looks like? And the burning question, Alish, for all our great fans <laughs> of Champs and Chums, would like to know what time does Alish oh, Forfar <laughs> set her alarm clock? So we'll 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 sit back and listen. <laughs> oh, so um I'll say there's two different stories to that. Okay. Now that we're we were working from home for quite a while, which obviously changes your your work from home setup. I was pushing it, waking up around five fifteen, mm-hmm. rolling out of bed in my pajamas, <laughs> you know, make a coffee, sit down, and and that was a very comfortable lifestyle because you know you just you you're in your own space. I have a cat who's lovely. She sat right beside me and. You know, get to spend some quality bonding time. But now we're back in the grind of, of working in the studio. So I set my alarm in the uh, 4.30 range, oh, which yikes. is a, a little bit of a tough thing to see. The 4 o'clock number on your clock is much different than 5. For some reason, 4 seems like it's like 2 a.m. <laughs> um, so getting up that early, you know, that was the biggest thing I was worried about. But the good thing is you don't really have a choice. Like you can't press snooze. I never press snooze. Now the second my alarm goes, I got to get up because I only give myself the exact amount of time that I need. Because if I know that I can press snooze a couple times and I'm dozing in and out, it's bad. So around four 30, I'm waking up, um, you know, getting my stuff together in the morning, grabbing a coffee and walking to the office. So I, I luckily only live less than a kilometer. It's a quick, you know, eight minute walk to work which is nice at that hour it's not it's not too long it wakes you up for sure in the winter to get a little bit of fresh air on your face um, and then we're in the studio till around 10 10 a.m we usually do a little bit of a debrief after as a team and then i go home and i usually make a nice breakfast for myself and i get right back into bed yes. and i have a little bit of a nap um, i've tried to structure my day a couple different types sometimes i try to get a workout in right away after the show but I usually find I'm just pretty exhausted. And, uh, you know, as an athlete, I, I definitely value getting some sort of activity in every day. So I found that actually getting the nap out of the way early lets me have more of my afternoon to do the things I need, whether that be getting a, a workout in, grabbing groceries, going for a walk. Like you have the whole day to kind of figure out what you want to do. Um, unfortunately, most of my friends are usually working. So I'm just a lone ranger around here. <laughs> yeah. um, but then at night, um, you know, with the game starting between 7, 8, 9 p.m., you're sitting back on the couch and you're working in the evening. So it's a little bit of a morning, afternoon, evening type of uh, trifecta of things you need to do. But as I said a million times, it's like it's such a privilege to work in that environment. It just takes a little bit of time to get used to your new uh, your new routines. But the Getting up early is not a problem anymore. I'll say that. And I'm always great at napping as an athlete. You know, you got to nap on the bus. Sometimes you got to nap in your locker room. So I've been a good napper. So I I think I was well uh, cut out for this job. Oh, that's amazing. And thanks for taking us through a a very fascinating day in the life as a morning show radio host. Yeah. (laughs) And I, we would be remiss, Dalish, if we didn't give a shout out to your, your cat, your chum. (laughs) 
Bandit. Oh, Bandit. Yes. Yeah, she's actually sleeping right now while we do oh, okay. this. She, she oh. gets her, like, her life is a, uh, is now kind of follows the same pattern as mine she gets up with me at 4 30 she's hungry yeah <laughs> then i come back from work and she's hungry and like okay and then we nap and then she's hungry so you know we kind of live that same life but she, yeah she's wonderful it's been a good person my good chum throughout the pandemic oh well, that's good well shout out to your chum bandit to uh, soon be a friend of, of of the show if you will yay um good stuff well um alicia l- let me let me talk about this is it, it's it's such a um for all of the amazing things that you accomplished. So all your amateur accomplishments through hockey, you played collegiately, uh, you represented our country, you moved on to, to play pro. So a standout career. Um, you were a coach as well too, a mentor to young people coming through the system, whether it be uh, uh, hockey or, or broadcasting, mm-hmm. multi-platform media personality. What does the future look like for Ailish Forfar? Uh, that one's tough because I don't know sometimes. And I think that I put some pressure on myself to know, um, hey, what's your career path? Like, what's next? What's the next thing you want to achieve? And the thing about my industry that I have to keep reminding myself is that there's no same career path from me to the next person you interview to the people you have talked with. It's like, Sometimes you need to find your own groove. And and sometimes I think I don't know if I found that. I, I'm continuing to learn in the radio game. It's still very young. Um, the thing about our morning show is it's a variety show. So you have to know every sport. And that's been um, certainly a challenge for me, who was mostly a hockey person growing up. So I could still do this for 20 years and probably have things to learn. So I take that um, as a challenge every day, but I've really enjoyed being a part of the Sportsnet family. You know, in my past, I've kind of bounced around with opportunities, which has been great. I'm very happy to kind of sink my teeth into this company and where they see me going. And I've taken opportunities to do stuff um, with the social media, with their Instagram and, and TikTok. And I've been a couple guest appearances on some TV shows with them. So I'm just kind of taking whatever's thrown at me and continuing to see what I like. But I will say that one thing I certainly want um, in my career path is to be involved with women's hockey as much as I can. And you touched on a little bit earlier about how there's some great momentum with the PWHPA. And I used to, you know, I still am kind of a part of that just as a supporter and all of my friends are in there. And I really feel like whatever happens with this league, I'd love to be some sort of key contributor in the media world, uh, whether that's in front of the camera or on the radio or, or covering the sport. I think that that's something I'd be extremely passionate about. Um, and it would be, as I said, like kind of a privilege to be able to help build that generation um, and, and build that story seemingly from the ground up here. So a lot of different things could happen, and I would be very happy to to kind of bounce around within the organization, see where they see me fit. But I would certainly want to be involved with whatever happens next with women's hockey. Oh, amazing! You're so multi-talented. Uh, so, Ailish, <laughs> I'm going to uh, pass the last question, pass mm-hmm. the puck up the ice to my my best of chum, Ashton. Ashton, take it away. Ailish, what advice do you have for young kids looking to become a star sports broadcaster just like you? Well, Ashton, I think you're a, you're a part of this as well. As you get started with things that you're passionate about, and obviously you guys have a really special thing going on that's unique, and I, and I love that people are able to push themselves out of their comfort zone. Um, the thing about this industry is that sometimes it can be really hard to know where to start or what to do, and 
for me, if you look at my resume, I've done a little bit of everything. And I think that that's a really great way to diversify. Um, a lot of people think that you can just be like a star right away, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of hard work and every path is different. So just do what you love. And, and you're doing that as well. And I, I feel lucky enough to do what I love right now. And sometimes you have to do something without a lot of people watching. Like I have some friends that started YouTube shows and they were getting a hundred viewers and they were just doing it because they loved it. Right. And they were reviewing hockey or they're reviewing plays or, or, you know, having fun online. And all of a sudden somebody sees it and they want you to work for their company or they want to help you get to your next level. So I would say never feel too shy to, to try something that you want to do and something that makes you happy because whether it's going to be a career for you or not, it's just a really nice thing to have as a, as a thing that you lean on as something that makes you happy. So young kids looking to become a star, I would say be confident in yourself, um, think outside the bubble and just enjoy every moment. And I, I've said it a few times, it's really special to work in this industry. Every single day is different. There's so many people that want to help. And, and I'll say this on the podcast too. If anyone's listening, you can always feel free to reach out to me. I, I love to talk to anyone looking to get their foot in the door, whether it's as an athlete or, or as someone in this industry, whether you're young or old, it's never too late to start. So I certainly have, I think, some words of wisdom to pass on. But yeah, it's a great community to be a part of. People really want to help and, and just have fun with it. And like what you guys are doing right now is so special and so fun. And, and I really think that, you know, that's that's exactly what this industry should be. Oh, what an outstanding way to end our best of segment. That's Ailish <laughs> Forfar, sports broadcaster and media personality. And uh, Ailish, uh, from the uh, opening putt, puck drop to the final whistle, this has been <laughs> one of our best, best of segments. It's just been oh, so much thanks, fun guys. to chat with you. And, um, you know, we, we, we are big fans of yours and uh, the show that you put on each and every morning. As we said, uh, you're part of our morning routine. And I know that uh, we join many uh, a nation of listeners who enjoy uh, listening <laughs> to you. And we, it's almost like you're the coffee in our in our coffee cups. You're you're the <laughs> oh, cereal in the cereal bowl, Alish. Um, we just enjoy um, listening to you, and uh, your your resume is so star studied, and we only see bright stars for you ahead. So thank you. And um, before we uh, we close the segment, I'd like my chum Ashton, who would like to say a few special words to you as well, too. Well, uh, thank you, Alish, for coming on. It's been an honor having you on. And um, as I said. Uh, Right before we started, uh, I listen to it daily. I get up and um, listen to it while I get ready, and then I go downstairs for my breakfast, and um, really helps me get uh, get going in the morning. And um, uh, Blake Murphy, JD Bunkus, and you as well are an amazing trio. So, Alish, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Can't wait to share it with all of my friends. Oh, amazing. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 32. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast.
Welcome back to Champs and Chums. It's episode 32. Happy April, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton, your co-hosts here in the broadcast chair. It's been an amazing show already, and we're going to continue it, everybody, because we have our all-pro go segment. And if you're just listening to Champs and Chums for the very first time, you'll know that our all-pro go segment or come to know that our all pro go segment is a did you know sports spotlight so that's where my chum ashton has the opportunity to share with you our faithful listeners um uh just a, a, a real spotlight put a spotlight on a particular sport now this one I tell you, you know, in, in our opening segment, Ash, where we talked about a lot of fun things and the weather getting a bit warmer, the days getting longer, the grass getting greener, how could we miss talking about golf? Yeah, we definitely missed on that. Now, are you going like, to look forward to getting back out on the course uh, this summer? Oh, I sure am. Yeah, it was great uh, to get you uh, going on that and get you the, the tools, if you will, to, to join. And I'm glad you had lots of fun with it. So we'll enjoy that this summer too. But we are actually going to take it down. Uh, we know the Masters was just on everybody. And it was great to see Tiger Woods get back into competition. But we're going to take it down a, a, a notch. We're actually going to take it down a mini notch. Because Ashton... Your all pro go is, and our all pro go is going to be miniature golf. Go ahead, son. Miniature golf, also known as mini golf, mini putt, goofy golf, crazy golf, or putt putt, is an offshot of the sport golf, focusing solely uh, on the on the putting aspect of its parent game. The aim of the game is to score the lowest number of points. It is played on courses, consists of a series of holes, usually a multiple of nine, similar to its parent, but characterized by their shorter length, usually within 10 yards from tee to cup. The game uses artificial putting surfaces, such as carpet, artificial turf, or concrete. A geometric layout, often requiring non-traditional putting lines, such as as bank shots and artificial obstacles such as tunnels, tubes, ramps, moving obstacles, and such as windmills, and the walls of co- of the cro- concrete, metal, or fiber gra- glass, when miniature golf reta- retains many of these characteristics, but without the use of any props or obstacles, it is purely a mini version of its parent game. Well, that's fascinating, everybody. So Ashton's shining a spotlight on miniature golf, mini golf, let's call it, mini putt. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's some really interesting things that you shared with the listeners there, Ashton, because I would would agree, you know, the aspect in mini golf is about putting. You know, there's that famous line in golf, everybody, they talk about drive for show, but putt for dough. Well, that uh, definitely um, um, rings true with uh, mini golf for sure. And then, um, you know, one of the things, Ashton, you know, because a lot of people, I think, think mini golf, and it, and it certainly is, it's a lot of fun. What would you say? Because you've done it a few times, and we'll get into that in a sec, but would you agree? Yeah, I would definitely agree. Okay, but, you know, it can get real competitive. Yeah, sometimes now, it can. Now, competitive so much so, everybody, that in fact, Ashton, you, I believe you're telling me that it's it uh, the mini golf is actually sanctioned. Yeah, it's sanctioned, Um I believe it's called like the National... Yeah, it's the World Mini Golf Sport Federation. 
Wow, they have. <laughs> I like bef- before we started turn before we turned on the Zoom recorder. I was like, wow, they have a leak for this. Well, that's what it says here. But I'll tell you a few stories. Mini golf was actually a televised event back oh, wow. in the day, like when I was probably just a bit older than you. I would have been in my really early teens. Every Sunday. On, and my, my chums of my vintage would know this that watch some American television because we got get inundated by it, of course, with the television. WKBW, which is the ABC affiliate in Buffalo, would have this, or was it CBS? I can't remember. WIVB-TV. They would have these 12.30 to 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon watching competitive mini golf going on, Ashton. What do you think about that? Well, that's amazing that people actually take the sport seriously and um now that i know there's a league i think i want to try out well let's dial it back man because you know uh this is our all pro goal we're having a lot of fun shining a spotlight on mini golf you've actually had the tour of duty at mini golf in a few different places yeah well i've had it I've played at uh, Glowzone 360. Shout out to our friends. Shout out to all our friends there. Ryan and the team, they always do a great job. We actually haven't been there in a while. We should uh, head back there. Yep. And And where else? Also at Chincuzzi Park. That's right. This is our own city of Brampton. has a lovely um, uh, miniature green that it's actually 18 holes. It's pretty competitive. Yep. And uh, and, uh, describe it for the fans. Oh, it's kind of like, hmm. Well, I mean, it's kind of like a farm, kind of. Like, it has a windmill, but it's actually not moving, though. And there's, like, sheep that you have to get it through. It's a pretty cool, um, it's a pretty cool, uh, course. And, um, the last hole I think when you're saying farm, you're reminded of the time that we played at, um, Downey's Farm. Because if there's anything metropolitan... If there's anything metropolitan, it's the one at the city of Brampton. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Mayor, Mayor Brown's uh, uh, office that's set up there in a photo or one of the one of the holes. But uh, anyhow, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. And of course, Ashton, last summer, and we've had amazing father-son sports experiences and adventures. You may remember that we went to Timber Creek Golf Center and Batting Cages. Oh, yeah. And you had a very eventful, I believe it was the fourth hole. It was on the pirate ship, that that challenging hole. What happened there, Ash? And share with the listeners. I got a hole in one. So basically, it was a very hard shot because there were things in the way. So you had to kind of hit it off the side and then hit it off the top and then hopes, hopes for it to go in. So that's what I did. And I wasn't sure if it went in. But then I checked, and it went in first try, so... Well, and, and I got that on video. In fact, everybody, if I if I remember to roll the tape back, I got that on video when Ashton... I think you must have pulled out uh, of your school bag the, the, the protractor, the triactor, a ruler, <laughs> just to make sure, a pencil, uh, just to make sure that you had everything marked out to nail that one, because boy, oh boy, you drained it just just to do the mathematic equations to <laughs> to see what the angle is to make it in hole in one shout out to friends of the show who've helped you coach you along that way 
Miss Chow, Miss Chowdhury, Miss Abby, and the rest of the fine uh, folks there at RMS. And uh, well, and you know what? You you've got a great uh, tutor now as well too, a great mentor in uh, Mihar. You want to shout out to Mihar? Yeah, shout out to Mihar. He uh, tutors me with homework and he actually really really helps me a lot so shout out to mehar mehar if you're listening um you're a great helper friend of the show now mehar uh, thanks for all your help coaching ashton and 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 reliving and all the support and uh, excitement of, of miniature golf well that's great everybody we've got lots more show to come you're listening to episode 32 of the champs and chums podcast father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 32 of the champs and chums podcast and ashton it's now time for our signature segment this show it's our champs and chums segment where we salute our stars on and off the field and for those of you that have listened to our champs and chums episode all 32 of them now you'll know that this is an opportunity for us where ashton selects a champ for this episode and selects to chum someone to honor and tribute for all their amazing things that they do and uh ashton i'll now turn it over to you for your champ of episode 32 my champ is ashton hagens shout out to your namesake ashton hagens and a shout out to the one of our favorite teams the raptors 905 why is uh, ashton hagens your champ of this episode. Well, he's very talented. Yeah, he's very talented. Keep going. And he has the same name as me. Well, I thought that would have been actually your first answer. Well... Because you have a very unique name, my man. Yeah, when we go to... Actually, this is a true story. When we go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, you can't find a, a like a <laughs> keychain with my name on it. Yeah. Well, we've gone two times over, probably going to be a third visit. And yeah, every time you go, you can't find that. But here we were as uh, big time fans of the 905. We're sitting in our seats. We see the roster. We see a guy with your name. What did? How did it make you feel, Ashton? Well, it made me feel good that someone... Uh, not just with my name, but a very talented person on the team, uh, has, has joined the team and he's going to make good camaraderie with the team and he's going to have good chemistry with the team. Well, he's young, right? I mean, uh, he was, uh, a great player at one of the big time U.S. colleges in Kentucky, but Ashton, the story gets better of, of, of this champ that you're honoring here on episode 32, because you got a chance to meet Ashton Hagens. Yeah, and he also signed my jersey as well. And um, another fact about why uh, he's my champ is that he played his absolute heart out in the playoffs. He sure did. I mean, he he joined a great uh, secondary. um, He provided some good secondary scoring for the 905. I mean, obviously with basketball, everybody, if you have a deep bench, uh, that's going to mean great stuff when either your your number one players get into early foul trouble, they need a little bit of a rest, and you can count on guys like Ashton Hagens, who's uh, definitely got a bright future. I've seen some great things with him. Um, he actually played, Ashton, two games with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, really small minutes. 
but he played in two games uh, uh, with the Timberwolves in 2021. And there's your boy, Ashton Hagens, uh, as your champ for episode 32. Good stuff. Well, I'm going to keep it in the family. The Raptors 905 family, everybody. Because my champ, as we honor the Raptors 905 and a, just a, a really great season, my champ is Ashton Hagens' sidekick on the floor. That's Bree and Tyree. Ashton, what do you think about my champ? Well, that's a great pick. And um, as you said, they're in the same family. And um, they have lots of good moments together. And um, it's a really, really great pick. Well, on and off the court, right? Bree and Tyree, my champ of episode 32. I mean, he's a guard. Uh, he's, uh, he's brimming with so much promise. Uh, uh, he's only 24 years old, everybody. And uh, he showed such poise in that playoff game, Ashton right uh, against capital city he went off for a huge i believe it was like uh, tw- uh tw- 19 piece. 19 he went off for a 19 piece everybody but um you know he's a champ uh he plays the game the right way but what i really extra special as um as as the father and the dad of of this great uh, co-host here right next to me what i thought was really special was that kind of bond that you and brian tyree formed late in the season you know when he would come around for shoot around and why don't you tell the fans about that experience with Bree and Tyree well uh he used to pass me the ball and uh once he got a three he'd come up high five me and uh, I think that was his good luck charm because that game he scored 19 points and um that's a great amount of points he had a great uh fan appreciation game on the Saturday you had a chance to meet him he came up to to you a few times and unfortunately because he was practicing on the other side of the court again in the conference final against um uh against uh um Delaware. The, the Delaware Blue Coats. Thanks, my man. Um, he didn't get it. You didn't get a chance to do the ball exchange with him. But check it out on the Champs and Chums TikTok, everybody. That's my champ for episode thirty-two. A nice exchange. A great, uh, great player. Great guy. We follow him on social. We're gonna shout out to Brian Tyree, Dad's champ of episode thirty-two. All right, it's over now to uh, honoring our chum for this episode, our chums for this episode. Ashton, you take it away. Who's your chum for episode 32? My chum for episode 32 is Auntie Roseanne. And what a great selection, a championship selection that is. Uh, now, why, uh, why is Auntie Roseanne your chum of this episode? Well, she makes amazing and outstanding food. Well, I tell you, I would join a long line of family and friends that would raise their hand and uh, probably uh, anoint her into the category of master chef. So yeah, she definitely, uh, among her many wonderful traits, uh, uh, boy, can she really prepare great things. She also wants to see And what's your favorite, by the way then, what's your favorite of all the things that Auntie Roseanne has cooked for you in, in, in all of your nine and a half years in this wonderful life that you, uh, you're engineering on? Um, what's one of her, what's one of your favorite Auntie Roseanne dishes? I think it's the Guyanese patty. Oh, it's really good. That's my favorite. Among many. Yes, yeah. for sure. For sure. Good stuff. Yeah. What else? She also wants to see me do good and well yeah you know it's really interesting you mentioned that and you know um we've obviously i've i've known her for a lifetime ash and she's a wonderful person in many people's of life including mine and she is so 
um, uh, proud of you for what you're doing behind the microphone on Champs and Chums. And she always makes it a point to uh, to let me know of that, the amazing thing you're doing, the confidence that you show and how you express yourself. It's amazing. So the good of you to note that. Yeah, and also uh, she takes great care of me. For sure. Anytime, uh, anytime you're over at the house over there or, or, or vice versa, right? Uh, yeah, she's always um, be mindful of things. We've had some pretty fun adventures for despite COVID. And, you know, it's going to be great to see the Sioux family again. And, uh, and we've, we've had a little bit of opportunity during the, the, this pandemic to, to share some great experiences. With her. We've had some fun ones with her. What, what's one of your favorites? Hmm. Probably it still has to be Robo Sushi. Oh, recency bias. Yeah, yeah, one among many for sure. I mean, that was a great out-of-this-world experience that she was able to join us for. So great stuff. That's uh, Auntie Rose, Ashton's chum of episode 32. Well, listen, Ashton, um, I'm going to take that single rose and I'm going to turn it into a beautiful bouquet because my chum for episode 32 is also Auntie Rose, Roseanne. And I wanted to... Um, uh, build on all those wonderful things that you've you've said about Auntie Roseanne. Um, you know, it, it's amazing. And and Ashton, you're you're lucky. You've got um, you know great parents. You've got great grandparents, great aunts, great uncles, great cousins. And aunts have a beautiful way into the world to to really um, make you feel great, like you just talked about. And I can certainly say that for Auntie Roseanne. I'm very fortunate to have a lot of great aunts and family members and such. But um, Boy, Auntie Roseanne to many is a gem, and she is that to me. I've known her for a lifetime, and obviously uh, being able to spend so many amazing memories with her and the family, um, you know, obviously your your Uncle Lester and Uncle Ryan, who since passed, and we think about them dearly. But those times at Citadel and Scarborough, whether it be pedaling a bicycle and and having some great memories there to uh, swimming pool, the backyard barbecues to family family gatherings aplenty. Um, she is at the heart of so many things and she uh, she leads with her heart. She's got um, so many wonderful things to uh, to bring and to give people. So um, for a lot of those um, wonderful things, and geez, I think about some of these wonderful things, right? We've been, you just mentioned one, Robo Sushi, which is uh, a fun adventure. Then we were at the top of Toronto. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do remember she, that. She joined us for that uh, wonderful lunch as well too. But um, she's been a um, just a, a wonderful person, uh, a person that you can can talk to who listens who cares who uh, likes to bring people together she brings such warmth and for all of those wonderful things that recipe of wonderful things auntie roseanne you're my chum of episode 32 well listen we got lots more show to come a little bit more show to come actually everybody but you're listening to episode 32 of the champs and chums podcast Welcome back to Champs and Chums. It's episode 32, and what an amazing, an A-list kind of show we had for you this month. And uh, Ashton, as I always do on every episode, uh, I ask you the big question. What did you learn today? Well, I learned what a day in the life for a sports broadcaster looks like. An amazing A-list sports broadcaster, an A-list forefar. Yeah, that was amazing, her taking us through in great... Uh, 
fascinating detail what it takes, right? I mean, and we talk a lot about it on Champs and Chums, and, and she mentioned it. I mean, you know, you can't just show up behind the microphone. You know that as well, too, in preparing for Champs and Chums on the show. You have to put the work in and do a little research, uh, do a little Google and, and find some fascinating insights about it. And she does that each and every morning to her great listenership on the Fan 590. So yeah, it was just uh, amazing to uh, to have her on the show. What, what else, Ashton? Well, I learned that there's a mini golf federation. Now that was a surprise for me as well too. I did not know that the mini and small world of miniature golf had a big federation behind it. Well, I didn't know that either. And once I found that out, I was like, wow. You know what? We've done a lot of fun, fun father-son all-pro goes, but I don't know. That one just sort of brought back a lot of vivid memories because you've actually played miniature golf um, on a number of occasions. And uh, what's your best uh, What's your best uh, sight right now? Or what's your best uh, handicap? Well, what have you got? Did you... Did you break, uh, did you break 70? Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously it's par. Did you make par on a lot of these or did hmm. you kind of go under par? Did you? I think I might've gone, maybe sometimes I go under par and over that's par. That's amazing. When you're under par, that's an amazing thing in, 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 um, real golf and then miniature yep. golf. Well, uh, look forward to getting out there as well too. And, um, yeah, we wanted to thank everyone for uh, listening to this great episode, episode 32. But, Ashton, as we always do at the end of the show, we want to thank some special people. We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show. Shout out to the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who've been there from the very beginning of Champs and Chums who help us put together the show. And we also want to thank Ashton, our mucho, our multi-talented media maven the super talented Ailish Forfar from Sportsnet 590 the fan who joined us on the show uh, such fascinating insights and uh, a rising star that you will hear lots about um, as the as the days and the years go by um, Ashton uh, where can the fans subscribe and check us out they can check us out on iTunes Spotify iHeartRadio Google Play SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Podbean, and CastBox. Yeah, lots of lots of podcast platforms to check out Champs and Chums. We're also actually, Ashton, now on Linktree. So when you go to our social channels, uh, we've just set up Linktree. So it's your one-stop shop to uh, listen to uh, Champs and Chums. And, uh, of course, we're on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, at Champs and Chums, our website, champsandchums.com. Well, Ashton, this is going to be the most amazing, the most awesome fist bump of episode 32. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. And Ashton, as we always say, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening.